This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue. Justin Hartwig, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Welcome to Two-Tone Uncensored. I am your host, Ryan Moreland, along with me tonight. And guys, I just can't muster enough energy uh, after this week to give you interesting nicknames. So it's Matt Necrone and Glenn Lotzenheiser. Guys, how are you doing? I'm just here so I don't get fined. Find me. Fuck it. I don't care. You can tell that the energy is high and optimistic tonight. Before we move into the mailbag, we wanted to talk something that we actually are pretty excited about. We've partnered up with Hang 10 Apparel. They do Titans Apparel if you've never been on their site before. We did a promotional code with them, and so if you go onto their site, they've really like really cool stuff, stuff you can't find anywhere else, like the Mahalo Etch Your Boy t-shirts, stuff like that. They have a Music City Miracle sweater that's you know really nice. I'm really hoping it that I get that for a late Christmas gift, but... A lot of really cool stuff that you're never gonna, you're not gonna find it anywhere else. They make it solely off of their site. It's the only place that they sell it. Go to www.hang and then tn.com. Now one more time, that's hangtn.com uh, to see all their stuff on there. And then if you decide to order something, use our promo code, which is two tone, all one word, all capitals. And if you do that, you'll get ten percent off of your order. No matter how big your order is, no matter how small your order is, there's no specifications. Just 10% off. They're really great stuff. I'm not just saying that. I mean, Matt and Glenn will can attest to this. Really awesome stuff that you can go on there and order. So I definitely recommend checking it out. They're about the only thing I'm feeling positive about tonight. It is great stuff. <laughs> it, it honestly is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's just no energy for anything else. Uh, you know, we'll at least suck it up enough to sell you that that is actually good, the good stuff over there. Fucking Titans. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the mailbag here. Uh, first one is from Chris Epps, who's been sending us some good questions lately. Uh, he asks, "I have high hopes for next year, like everybody else does, but I want to be cautiously optimistic." Worst case scenario, what potential pitfalls could you see us experience that would impede our success next season? Not upgrading our secondary. Maybe our play calling. I know Rabisky's had an up and down year. I'm just hoping that if we do keep him, that he kind of figures out what we're doing. Because there was a lot of times this past game where I questioned his play calling pretty much, you know, early and often. I don't know what, what he was doing. And then, you know, certain other certain games he – um he looked great. So, I mean, I don't know whether we keep our coaching staff and, and build on what we need to improve on, which clearly is our, our secondary and mostly our defense, but just need to upgrade. Yeah, the, the pitfalls, you know, like Matt said, would be not taking the secondary seriously. This offseason, you know, if you listen to the preseason previews that we did, we weren't real impressed with who they brought in for the secondary. Addition by subtraction and getting rid of guys like Bloody Ray is awesome. But if you don't have anybody behind them and you end up starting you know, guys like Blake, then your team is still going to have really bad problems. The offensive line we did a good job on last year. I would like for them to go ahead and add some depth this offseason just because 
you know, we were so close to having just no offensive line this year. Things really worked out well with that group, but you still need to probably add some depth to that. It's not a big deal, but some depth. But secondary linebacker, if you don't address these positions and you just trust these guys to keep progressing, that's your pitfalls next year. That just, the team has got to find a way to deal with winning just like you do with losing. You guys touched on a lot of what I was going to say. You know, the offensive line adding depth, the secondary, Robisky. You know, that's definitely a big question mark for me as it was for Matt. Just a few things real quick that you didn't touch on. One that Glenn's been harping on a lot is we need to find the long-term replacement for Delaney Walker. I think we need to really put our best efforts forward and, you know, just try to bring in a young guy that can, for the next couple of years, learn from Delaney and then eventually take over his spot. And then the other thing for me, a big one, is is adding a real legitimate edge-rushing defensive end. Someone at a defensive end spot that can be impactful. We have some guys that are good, but really this defense needs somebody that's great. We need somebody that can really provide pressure when we only rush four guys. That's something I'd like to see. But, you know, obviously that takes backseat to the major needs of this team because we do have guys that can set in that spot and play, you know, good football but just not, you know, at a great level. Hey, going back to offensive line depth, I know we pretty much already counted him out the door. Would you consider Chance Warmack coming back a good thing or, or bad? I don't see it happening. Good or bad, if he comes back, then it's because the coaches have some kind of faith in him. Obviously, we filled in better without him. So the money involved would have to be pretty low for me to feel good about it. But if he wants to come back and be depth, that's fine. But I, I don't know that I want him starting – so he might as well go somewhere else and just get a fresh start and see if he can resurrect his career. Yeah, I kind of agree with what Glenn said there. Like, if he wants to come back for cheap, awesome. Yeah, we'd be glad to have him. We need the depth, but uh, I just don't see that being, you know, what he's after. Uh, and, I, you know, I think that adding to the draft would be the best way to move forward anyway. I was going to say, I don't, I don't really think he's going to demand, you know, a lot of attention. He hasn't impressed anybody as far as I'm concerned. But honestly, even if he did want to come back as a backup role or for a cheaper price or whatever, I still think it's better off cutting ties and just, you know, starting over. That's why they got $72 million. That's all you got to say about free agency. True. I don't even want to talk about that asshole. Just, I agree with Matt for the most part. We don't really need him. <laughs> that brings us to our next question perfectly. Nice segue, guys. Paul Taylor. He says, who is on the chopping block this year? As far as uh, player stance goes, I'd say Rashad Johnson is probably out the door. I don't see us re-signing him. Hopefully, we don't see Valentino Blake back. And uh, there's probably some more. I mean, Chance Warmack, obviously, we just talked about. I'm hoping Carl Klug is not on that list. Obviously, this is his last year of his deal, but whether he can come back healthy is obviously a huge, huge part of what determines whether he comes back or not. So we'll see about that. I mean, there's there's probably a few more guys I'm not thinking about, but those are the guys that stand out to me. Yeah, nothing to do with not loving these guys or anything else. But like Matt said, you know, some of these guys are at the last year of their contract, and there's just not enough significant reason to bring them back. So Rashad Johnson, Norris Cersei, I think is probably begging to be replaced. You're not getting enough out of him. Cornerback group, everybody's you know job is on the line. We'll see what happens in the offseason with that. Linebackers, you know Wesley Woodyard, he's, he's made some big plays lately. He's definitely a guy who can contribute, but if he's not going to be your starter, they may not want to pay him. So he's probably a guy that's at risk. I'm sure there's a bunch of depth guys that 
just once the draft of free agency comes around, they'll uh, move it on somewhere else. Big Al Woods, he, he adds you size inside, but that's about all he does for the team. So odds are Austin Johnson gets that spot next year, and they may even bring somebody else in to help out with that. Offensive line, I don't know that there's anybody other than what we've already talked about. You've got Warmack gone, Bell hurt before the season started. They won't bring him back. The team showed that they can do it without him. Then you're looking at the wide receivers, looking for somebody to step up. People's contracts are expiring, so there's guys like you know Harry Douglas may not be back with us next year. All the depth guys down at that end of that chart, you probably won't see most of those guys again. Yeah, there was one guy that you left off, it's Kendall Wright. I don't think he's coming back. You know, we talked to Greg Arias, and he said that not so fast. You know, we saw some things from him lately, but I still don't think it's it's enough. Too little, too late. And I think he's going to try to get more money than he's worth, and that's going to force him out the door. But one question I kind of wanted to tag on to this, and this is my own question, is in this next game we're going to see Matt Castle get his first start as a Titan, and he signed a one-year deal at the beginning of the season. How much do you think him getting re-signed is going to be based on how he plays in this next game. It's probably plays a huge part, to be honest with you. I think, not to change the subject, but people are kind of screaming for Tanny. Why can't we start Tanny? This is definitely Castle's backup job for sure. He is going to start. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, it's it's the smart thing to do because, you know, we got one year left with this guy. Marcus obviously will be back next year. We hope by OTAs. We're not sure exactly, but with Castle, we don't really know what we have, to be honest, and he's getting up there in age. If we do re-sign him, it's obviously not going to be a long-term deal, but we do want to see what he's got, and if we're going to be playing a, a Houston Texans team that really doesn't have much to play for at this point, we, we need to figure out what we have moving forward and whether he's a part of the, the future plans, which, to be honest, I don't think he is, but you know, you never know. We'll We'll see what he does this week. Yeah, this is basically his tryout for his next contract. There's not a lot going on with Castle. You kind of know what you've got in him. So we'll see. Uh, if he comes out and he plays terrible and he's the main reason we lose this game, then that'll cost him that job. Otherwise, they'll try to re-sign him for cheap because he knows he's not going to get a starting job anywhere. So he's going to be a backup guy. He might as well stick with the team that let him be a backup this year. He'll try to come back. They may just go ahead and cut ties and move on with Tanny. We'll see what happens with him, but... Unless he plays really bad, he's certainly on the list of guys that they might bring back next year. Yeah, I agree. That was my point in bringing this up was something that I was looking at earlier when I was preparing for the show, and it just it made me think. You know, this really has a lot to do with it. And we saw him at the end of that last game. Castle, his first full drive drives down the field and scores a touchdown. His next drive throws a pick six. So you know, it's extreme one way and extreme the other. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays in this game for sure. Next one here, Matthew Dixon sends this one in, and he says, would you rather get a shutdown corner or an elite wide receiver in free agency? So it's basically asking, which one would you rather do draft and and rather do free agency? There's really no elite shutdown corner in free agency. There's really no elite wide receiver in free agency. But the way the question was asked, I think probably the most talented of either group and even with that being said, I don't think he's elite by any means. He, he's got great talent, but I'm talking about Alshon Jeffrey. I've seen him play a lot during college, and I know what he can do, but he's never healthy. He's not worth the money he's going to draw. And Bears fans will tell you, you know, <laughs> go ahead and take him because he's, he's not worth the, the headache. Just came off a of four-game suspension. 
Another thing is with uh, cornerback and free agency, the guy I've been lobbying for is Gilmore. He played like a true Titans cornerback last week. That guy couldn't tackle for shit uh, along with the rest of his Buffalo Bill secondary. So free agency doesn't look too bright in my eyes. I think we need to to draft, and and John Robinson's the guy to do it. So I think we should just roll with with what J-Rob does and and work work to his strengths. Yeah, you're not going to get a – true shutdown corner those guys don't hit for agency you're not going to get a true difference maker wide receiver unless he's got baggage with him because those guys don't hit free agency T- teams don't let real stars hit free agency unless the guy just doesn't want to be there anymore and refuses to resign before that happens so of the guys in addition to the jeffrey there's also gordon mr pothead he, he might very well be available this offseason too and if you're going to go with talent, you know he's at least healthier than Jeffrey. I don't want either one of them. I don't think either one of them would be worth the money you'd have to get. But at the same time, if they can come in here and help this team a little bit, then, you know, eh, whatever. But I, I would rather, if I had a choice between a shutdown corner and a shutdown wide receiver for our team, I would take the shutdown corner right now because a shutdown corner who was a free agent has been in the league for a while and is ready to be a shutdown corner continuously, whereas drafting that shutdown corner He's going to have up and down game. So if I could take one in free agency, I, I go the corner over the wide receiver. But they're not out there this year. I agree with you guys 100%. There's really not a ton of talent on either side of the board. But for me, I think the wide receiver free agency is a little more impactful at the top of the list. You know, there's some names that they're not on their game maybe right now, but we know that they would provide a good veteran presence, maybe get a good couple of years out of them, which is something I think would be valuable to our team. I really think that corner I'd rather see us go to the draft because I do think there's some really talented corners in this draft. I think it's a deep cornerback draft. We were talking about that a couple weeks ago. You know, there's some guys at wide receiver that are going to hit free agency this year as long as they don't get re-signed. You know, Vincent Jackson, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, Kenny Britt, Kamar Aiken, Brendan LaFell, Ted Ginn Jr. There's some talent there. You know, getting a guy like... Deshaun Jackson, you know, how many years does he have left? But he could be a nice spark plug. I know, see a lot of people talk about Kenny Britt now. Like, oh, it'd be so awesome to get him back. Like, I, no. I just don't <laughs> want him back. Yeah, exactly. It was like a headache when he was here. There's he's talent still not there, a consistent receiver. But he's no, no consistency. I would, wouldn't want to have him, especially right now they're saying he's going to be about a $5 million deal you know, per year. You know, Gosson or Jackson, Vincent or Deshaun Jackson, that would be cool to get. So I'd say wide receiver would be – what I'm looking for over corner and free agency. Well, Glenn brought up Josh Gordon, who I wasn't even thinking about. I don't think he'll actually draw a big contract just because of all the headache that he's been since he's been in the league, you know, multiple times. He's honestly, and I, and again, I didn't think about him, but he's probably your best bet. I definitely don't want a player like Deshaun Jackson or Kenny Britt or Deshaun Jackson. I've never been a fan of. Uh, just attitude is is not something J. Rob's going to go for. It's not something I want in the locker room. Vincent Jackson's a good, solid player, but I don't know how many how many years he actually has left in him. Bringing him in wouldn't be a bad thing, but I just don't see it happening. Josh Gordon has all the talent in the world, but I. That if you're talking about players you can't see John Robinson bringing in, I think he's number one on the list. Because of the attitude problems, he doesn't put in the effort, and obviously he can't stay on the field because of his off-the-field issues. That's a guy that I just I wouldn't care to have because it's going to be far more headache than it's going to be you know, success on the field. 
the last question we have, moving on from the offseason and focusing on this last game here, Dylan Ray asks the question, what's our game plan against a very stout Texans defense? Do we have a game plan? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I really don't know. I don't care, to be honest. Glenn? Come out and run the ball a whole bunch. Don't leave it in Matt Castle's hands. Keep the passes short. Try to uh, play the minimum style that you can to get the ball down there and score once in a while. Lamar Miller's probably going to miss this game. They're starting Tom Savage. Those are your best bets. Maybe their offense will suck enough that you know, whatever we do on our offensive side will be all right. Am I wrong to not necessarily go in with the attitude that you know you want to lose the game, but with nothing to play for and other than maybe like you know get Derrick Henry a full game under his belt or just basically study our, our, our younger guys on the team as, as basically a tryout for next year. Obviously, the last week was devastating to our entire season, but moving forward, I just want to go ahead and start start building for our future because it is bright, and obviously we're all a little down about what had happened, and we probably sound it, but at the same time, I think we're all a little sick as well, so we're not as <laughs> not as depressed as we may sound, but... um. In my opinion, man, I just want to go ahead and get this game over with. Let let Derrick Henry run full throttle. You know, get some of the younger guys some experience and just start building, rebuilding. For me, I mean, going back to the original question, I think yeah, you have heavy dose of running, and we'll talk about that later as it pertains to the Jags game and why we didn't do it. And then keep the passes short. I expect to see less play action because Matt Castle. Is seems to take too long getting his eyes back around out of play action. It's a problem of his. Uh, so I, I expect to see more, you know, just drop back, you know, three-step drop passes quick, get them out. Like Glenn was saying, short passes, get it out fast out of his hands. Just so, you know, Matt Castle can fuck things up as little as possible. And as for, for what Matt was saying, you know, it's it brings up an interesting question because obviously as a fan, you know, I'd like to see the Titans go out there and beat the piss out of the Texans just because I hate the Texans but you know what I mean what good does it do us it pushes a draft pick backwards you know you can use this as a time as as Matt said to try out a lot of these guys get Derrick Henry a lot of reps in this game get a lot of the younger guys involved uh, you know maybe get some of get a lot of Kalen Reed maybe would be a good game to do it a lot of these younger guys get them heavily involved in the game you know something that you could definitely do in this game as of right now we have the 16th overall draft pick, you know, with our pick, and then obviously we have the uh, fifth overall draft pick, or the Rams pick. So we win this game, it could push us back as far as 20th in the draft, and obviously if we lose, we can stay at that 16th spot. So it could be a big drop for us if we do win this game. So it brings up the question: Do we really want to? I, I don't ever want to just say let's go lose the game. Uh, I'm with Matt on this. Every active rookie we've got, start them. Every guy that you're on the border about next year, you're like a guy like a Blackson, anybody like that that you're not sure you're going to use, start him this game. Put him out there, throw him out there, see what he can do, see if he's got that fight in him. You know, in a, in a meaningless game, if these young guys come out here and they're out there and they're beating people around, that tells you what you need to know about them. So great, let's do that. I'll take the draft pick one way or the other. I'm not worried about it. Uh, if, if it's 16, 17, 18, 20, 14, whatever it is, I trust John Robinson to make a good pick with it. So let's just go make this game mean something. 
for guys who are going to be playing for their jobs, playing to make the team less likely to draft somebody to replace them this offseason, put the young guys out there, get them game experience, and give them a chance to go prove something. Exactly. Make it meaningful for the guys that are going to be here moving forward. We already know DeMarco Murray is a beast. He's proved it all year long. We don't need to see him this game. We need we need the guys that are going to prove their worth. Put Aaron Wallace out there, whatever, Nate Palmer, Sean Spence, whoever you got. Get those guys on the field. And as far as our corners go, get Kalen Reed on the field. I mean, <laughs> we need to get these guys experience, and there's no better time. I'm not saying go out to lose the game because – we don't need to do that. Nobody likes the Texans, and obviously, you know, there's going to be a bitter taste in our mouth when we get out there. But ultimately, I'm fine whether it's a win or a loss. Want to make sure we use the right guys on the field, and if the young guys, you know, have the heart to to go out and and dominate the Texans, then I'm all for it. Yeah, start Sims, start Reed, start Wallace. All those young guys, they they start the game, they play the game. When they need to break veteran guys that we're not sure about bringing back, they can come in and be their backups. It's not about not hurting anybody. It's just about seeing what else you've got because you know what your veterans can do for you. And they all shit the bed this week, so I don't care if they want that extra start on their paycheck or anything else. You know, screw your stats, whatever else. We're going to worry about next year now because you gave up the rest of the season. And also sit Valentino Blake. Fucking cut him now. Get it over with. Yeah, cut him right now. (laughs) Cut his ass now. There's no need to wait. I mean, don't need to see him in a Titan uniform ever again. Just healthy scratches, ass. Whatever it takes. Just I don't want to see him on the field, ever. Someone should, should seriously sabotage his ride so he can't make it to meetings, and then we'll fucking scratch. We'll <laughs> get, give him a healthy scratch. He's looking at you, Glenn. If I were out there, I might go do some break work for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we have for the mailbag. As always, we put the mailbag out on Mondays on the Two-Tone Uncensored page on Facebook and on the Tennessee Titans Uncensored fan page, uh, which if you're not a member, you should be. Uh, moving into the news, obviously the big thing, Marcus Mariota's surgery. going to have to get a metal plate placed in that leg. He's going to have surgery on Wednesday, and they're saying he should be out four to five months, which would put him back about the time that we start OTAs. You know, any thoughts besides shitting your pants? Obviously this fracture is much worse than Carr got out in Oakland. His foot got trapped underneath him. It was a twisting, torquing fracture. So it's probably more of a linear up and down the leg kind of a break instead of like an impact injury, which would be a clean break front to back. Ligament damage, muscle damage, something in there is torn. He's got a much longer road. I feel bad for him because he he was playing against really tough past events. So people are already down on him just because he wasn't throwing the ball much, he wasn't having great games, but we were winning those games anyway as far as the Broncos and the Chiefs go against you know really good pass defenses. And then we were playing another really good pass defense of the Jaguars. It's just the whole team came out and shit the bed. So people are trying to blame Marcus for the way the whole team played. And only in that he is the quarterback and therefore the focus of everybody can you blame him for anything. Like You, you can say he didn't go out there and pump everybody up before the game. But these are professional athletes. It shouldn't be his job. It shouldn't be the coach's job to remind them that, hey, you're playing for the playoffs. This is your season. You have to actually come out here and do your fucking job. Yeah, pretty much, man. No, nothing really to add to that. You you hit it on the head. I don't know what else there is to say. Um, I'm definitely not down on Marcus or, you know, he, he he's taken us to eight wins. I mean, he's been in playing 
you know, not his best games the last few weeks, but against great defenses. So, I mean, you know, he's kept us in it and moving forward, his future is so bright. And I wouldn't, I'd honestly rather have him than probably any of the others, you know, call me a homer or whatever. But as far as the young quarterbacks go, I'm, I'm 100% satisfied with him moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And it, it sucks, man. Rubbing salt into the wound, you know, to lose your franchise quarterback, especially to an injury that, you know, appears to be this serious the shittiest of luck is what we had during this holiday season as Titans fans. One more thing real quick. I've seen a lot of people post, oh, there's still a chance now. You know, we could make it in the wild card. So this is just a public service announcement. It's not even news. Just a PSA. The Titans are officially eliminated from playoff contention. We can't make it into the wild card. We can't win in the division, obviously. There's no way we are officially out of the playoff running so just like get that out there, you know, for all the crackheads. So they quit posting stuff about it. You know, the season is over after next week, and rebuild and get ready for this next year. I thought we made that pretty clear from the door, <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking <laughs> over. <laughs> you would have thought, Matt. You would have thought. Yeah, crack kills, man. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for the first half of the show. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about this Jaguars game, talk about the Texans game and talk about this season as a whole. We'll be right back. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey, Titans fans. You've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necrone. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Hey, Titans fans, do you ever find yourself wondering what the hell's going on with Rubisky's play calling while you're watching the game? Do you wonder why a rack coach didn't get six sacks Have you ever wondered why our defense can shut down a star wide receiver but constantly gets burned down the middle by a backup tight end? If this sounds like you, then you need to know your enemy. Each week, Glenn Lossneiser from the Two-Tone Uncensored podcast posts a write-up about this week's upcoming game. Glenn tells you which players have the favorable matchups each week and what schemes the Titans need to use in order to succeed. It comes out Wednesday-ish each week, sometimes Thursday morning. It's on our twotoneuncensored.podbean.com page and links from the Two Tone Uncensored Facebook page as soon as it posts. It's a real quick read and even has pictures for the kids. For the kids! You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored, brought to you by Podbean. Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. All right, welcome back from that quick commercial break. We talked a lot about this Jags game already, guys. Just some quick things I wanted to cover. The running game just wasn't utilized, in my opinion, nearly enough in this game. And I know that there were gunning for us the running game and screen passes i thought would have been great 
if they started them early on with all the blitzing that the Jaguars did in this game. They really blitzed and then played man coverage, one-on-one man coverage down the field, and it worked perfect against us. So a healthy dose of Derrick Henry pounding up a front and then getting guys out on the screen that can make plays, I thought, was would be a benefit. I, I was not impressed at all with Terry Robisky's play calling in this game. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts? You know, I can't even blame the play calling. The, the, the players came out there, they looked like they had no real energy at all for the game. They were less excited for that game than we are for this show. They had no heart, no fight in them. After the game, they all were apologizing about it. They, they know what they did. There's no point in just clubbing the crap out of them and picking out particular guys. But no matter how good your game plan is, if the guys don't go out there and execute, they don't go out there and they play with heart, then it doesn't really matter what you do. I, I don't, I'm not going to judge anything the coaching staff did on this game other than just not like giving these guys a shot of adrenaline at halftime. For me, I was talking with Ryan back and forth while this was all going on, and Ryan's yelling, run, 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 and I'm thinking like, well, yeah, a couple runs here and there would be a good idea, but they know it's coming, so you got to mix it up. I'm not mad about certain certain times where they threw the ball because you know, most of the time I did agree with, you know, you got to make plays, and we just weren't making them all around, whether it was on the ground or in the air. I do question his play calling a little bit, but, it's so hard. I mean, it was an overall letdown from everybody. You can't really pinpoint whose fault it was. One thing that drives me fucking insane. Well, one guy literally said this. He blamed the offensive line for Marcus getting hurt. I'm thinking O-line was like worse than our secondary last year. So it's fucking football. Like injuries will happen. I mean, it's football. That, that's what happens. I don't understand. But shit like that drives me nuts. They're like, oh, let's, we need to draft the O-line with the, with the sixth pick, and then we'll get a quarterback with our second pick. And yeah, the, the fans are not showing a lot of knowledge or uh, reason this game. It, you, you can understand some of it, but the stupid really comes out. You know, when they don't understand that it was an effort thing that we lost this game, had nothing to do with the players that were on the field beyond just them not trying hard enough, obviously. It wasn't something where drafting a new offensive line is going to fix the rest of the team not playing. For me, I'm, I disagree with you guys a little bit. Not on the offensive line part, uh, obviously. One of the main reasons our offensive line didn't work in this game is because they were sending you know, seven, eight guys were dropping back five. That's never really going to work out for the offensive line. Beginning of the game, I think play calling is what put us behind in that game and then I think after we got behind by to a certain point the effort really just maybe just dropped off completely I remember telling you guys and talk to you during the game and just be like they're they're fucking jogging right now like our guys are jogging to the play they're not running they're not sprinting you know they're it's a light light pace play to try to make plays on defense I noticed it from several different players you know, because at that point, we're talking about early third quarter when there was still, you know, obviously a chance to come back. Down by 15, it's definitely not unheard of. And they just, the effort was just not there. I think play calling did us in to start with, and then the effort died out from there. But, yeah, I have seen a lot of stupid comments, you know. And it's crazy already that, like, all these crackheads were calling for Matt Castle all season long. And we get Matt Castle, and I've already seen crackheads be like, put in Tanny! Like, I don't think it matters who they start there. They're automatically going to want the backup. Yeah, you know, when they're talking about can we bring Tanny into this game and he's not even an active member of the team. They just they paid his <laughs> salary so he wouldn't side with anybody else. He's not on the team. He's not on the practice squad. He just He's a guy who hangs out in the building a bunch and is getting paid a lot of money to do it. Well, this you week know, they did promote him to the 53-man roster. Well, yeah, for, for this next week. week. 
Right. Yeah, but I mean, I saw people during the game talking about, you know, why are we bringing in Castle? Where's Danny? Well, obviously, you don't know anything about the team. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, and just, you know, you're not wrong that, I, and I was agreeing with Ryan during the game that why aren't we running the ball more? Let's, let's give them some more Henry because Murray doesn't look like he's got it this game. We were calling for the same kinds of things there, and the play calling could have been better. But the jogging started from the start. The lack of intensity started from the start. The sidelines where when you come out and you're playing bad and low-key, usually there's a guy over there who's ripping everybody. And I didn't see it this game. You know, it's like they all expected, oh, we'll be all right in the end. You know, they won too spectacularly the week before at Kansas City, so they believed they could still win, but they didn't believe they had to earn it like they did last time. And, you know, I saw a malarkey comment that they were a bit of a victim of their own success, and now they've got to learn how to win like they had to learn how to lose earlier in the season and how to come back after a, a great win or a couple of big wins when you're playing somebody you don't expect. But I don't, I don't give nobody a buy on that because this game had every possible clue that it could be a trap game. The players themselves were talking about it being a trap game. The media was asking them if this was a trap game. Everybody knew that you had every chance to lose this game and all the things were set up right with you know, the coach getting fired, it, just like it happened in Miami last year. The coach gets fired. The team's got nothing to play for. All they can do is be a spoiler. If you win this game and you win next week, you're in the playoffs. You've got a home playoff game. You're top of the world if you win this game. And the whole team decided, we're going to win this game. Stop talking about that, guys. And they didn't. Right. I think a large part of it was an overestimation. We thought that we were playing a really weak Jags team. going to be an easy victory. We got the very best the Jags had to give because they had no reason not to. All of those guys know that their job is on the line and that they're all under the microscope and their coach got fired. You have to know at some point in time, no matter how bad a team is, just like Cleveland, eventually they're going to step up and remember that they're professionals and be some men. You know, they didn't roll over. That's not anybody's fault but the Titans for choosing not to respect them going into that game. Yeah, let me say this. I think Doug Marone's got a legitimate sh- shot to keep that job. He pulled out all the stops. He went for a crazy long field goal and ended up getting it. But but other than that, I know earlier I said it was real hard to pinpoint overall whose fault it was, and it, and it is. But there's no way we can finish the show without talking about Wesley Woodyard's dumbass penalty. We had a shot to come back. There was a point up until probably mid in the third quarter where I'm like, okay, there's still there's still a possibility we can come back. When he made that dumbass play, we finally made a stop on third down, finally going to get the ball back, and this dumbass gets a 15-yard penalty. I still believe right up until Marcus got his leg broken. And, you know, and even well, then, yeah. when Castle came in and we went out and scored, I'm like, okay, maybe this could still happen. You know, right. there was still some belief. But idiot penalties like that, and I, I don't, I'm not going to rip him nearly as hard as Matt does just because I thought, I thought the flag itself was stupid. You know, that, that was a really ticky-tack foul. But the rest were trying to say, hey, no, we're not doing this. You know, so they were making a statement. It's something that a veteran player knows he can't do, but that wasn't the, what killed the game, but it sure as hell didn't help. It's something that a middle school player knows. You know, the, you know that they're going to flag the guy that reacts. They're not going to flag the initial pushing and shoving. It's the guy that reacts. And the only reason that Linder went in there and, and started pushing and shoving is to get a first down. And that's exactly what he got. You know, Woodyard was an idiot and, you know, gave up the first down. I mean, it, that was so frustrating. You know, Linder went up there with the idea is I'll get this guy to push me and shove me back 
start stuff with me. They'll throw the flag on him, and I'll keep the drive alive. And that's exactly what happened. It's, and, you know, Woodyard fell directly right into his trap. And you have to be smarter than that. I mean, that's something that they teach you at a very young age in football. It's like, don't react because they flag the guy that reacts. And it's just so aggravating when you see someone that knows that they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't be in that situation. They shouldn't react at all. And it's just, I don't know, it's so frustrating that you're just putting yourself above the team. It's an incredibly selfish act, an incredibly stupid act. And, like, I have no patience for it at all. Now that we're all sufficiently pissed off after talking about the Jags game, let's move ahead to the Texans game. And guys, we talked about what this game means to us, so I'm not going to get into that and, and rehash. There's one thing I want to say about the game, you know, besides going into it, and we're not going to get into deep. It's anybody who's in the Nashville area, uh, and I know the game is meaningless really for both teams, but this team did play well this season, even though this game was garbage. In the season, me and Glenn both predicted this would be a six-win team. You know, they were an eight-win team on the cusp of the playoffs. Performed a lot better than I think a lot of fans expected and really, you know, gave us something we haven't had since probably the McNair days, which was hope. You know, we really have a lot of hope. Moving on to the future, we have a lot of hope for this franchise and a lot of hope in this team. You know, that's why a big loss like this sucks. Think about this loss last year. You would have been like, oh, well, another loss. Like The reason was the hope that we had. That's why it sucked. Now, hats off to this team. If you're in the area, you have tickets. Go to this game. Go to this Texans game. Show your support for a team you know, that really performed well this year. We beat two teams in a row in Denver and Kansas City that most people and most analysts you know, said we weren't going to. Not a lot of people believed in us. And the Titans went out and did it. And I know they made a, a bonehead of a game last week, just a garbage game last week. But this team as a season uh, really outperformed what a lot of people expected. And, you know, it gave us hope back in Nashville and in, and in Titans Nation. So if you do have tickets, go to the game, support your team, show them, you know, the, the love that they deserve um, for the, the changes that they've made and for, you know, finally having a team to be really proud of. Before we jump out of here, uh, just real quick, guys, do not forget to check out hangtn.com. Really great stuff on there, and we've been posting on the Facebook page and on the Twitter and, and everywhere, so it's easy to find if you, you, you want to get on there and look at their stuff. They have a lot of great merchandise. Don't forget to check out Glenn's Know Your Enemy article. It'll be the last one of the year. Yeah. Glenn just got signed by Goosebumps. <laughs> so, so look out for that that's gonna be some scary shit right there check out the new year enemy articles though they come out every single week on uh, twotoneuncensored.podbean.com follow us on twitter at twotoneuncensored without the ed on the end and uh, check us out on facebook at twotoneuncensored uh, i believe it's at Two-Tone Podcast on on facebook if you want to do it that way uh, you can just search for the show though and you'll find it thanks everybody that listen tonight and it's going to be a shorter show thanks to my two colleagues here for you know coming on the show after a really demoralizing holiday weekend uh and you know, it just sucks but i hope everybody outside of the game everybody out there had a, had a great christmas or, or hanukkah or kwans or whatever you celebrate and a happy holidays and i hope everybody has a great new year uh thanks for listening to the show tonight and tighten up you know we really do appreciate everybody tuning in and listening each week uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. There were some rough moments here and there, but you know we, we had a good time this season. 
we, we picked the right season to start doing this podcast because the Titans gave us a lot to talk about this year. If we'd been doing this the last two years, it would have been just us being salty every single week. You know, so th- this was a great season. The team is definitely on the rise. We're headed in the right direction. I was really happy with what I saw for the most part this year. Just we, we got to learn how to win. We got to learn how to be successful. So next year, let's expect big things. Uh, we're going to reach out to the players, see who we can get on, if we can get anybody on. You know, we'll see what happens this off season. But we're still going to be around. There's, there's lots of draft talk and that kind of thing to be had. So this, we're not completely done. It, it may not be every week. We'll see what happens with that end of it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Uh, and have a great weekend. And as always, go into that Titan Stadium. Let the Texans know that we're not just going to roll over for them. And, again, cut Blake. It's the first time in a long time you'd be proud to be a Titans fan. Go to the game. Podbean. So obviously we're going to see some Johnson. <coughs> Cox. Thanks for listening to the Two Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook.